stories, big guests, the big picture. Afternoons with Rob Breckenridge. Weekdays 1230 to 3, 770 CHQR. Well, who knows what game theory is? Probably few of you, I suspect. But at the same time, I bet there's a lot of you that have kids. Is that something you need to know if you have kids? I mean, game theory, well, I understand it's, it's math-based. You know, they use it in uh, the world of, of high finance, military strategy, that kind of thing. It seems kind of esoteric and obscure in that sense. Uh, that's why this, this approach to parenting, I, I think, is really kind of fascinating. Can game theory apply to how you interact with your kids in terms of understanding what's motivating them? And I guess almost to some extent kind of outmaneuvering them, if that's the way to put it. Well, I want to bring a couple of guests in the conversation because uh, between the two of them, they put together uh, a recent book called uh, The Game Theorist Guide to Parenting. Uh, we have uh, with us on the line uh, one half of uh, the author duo. Kevin Zolman joins us, associate professor of the Department of Philosophy at Carnegie Mellon University. Uh, Kevin, welcome to the program. Ah, thanks. Glad to be here. Appreciate it. We're just going to get uh, your colleague Paul Rayburn on in just a second here. Uh, but let me put the question to you because I understand you're kind of the, the game theory expert of the equation here. Explain to us, those not familiar with it, what is game theory? Yeah, we call, we call game theory the science of strategic thinking. And the idea is that any time you're interacting with another person where you're trying to sort of get your way or get something that you want out of the equation and the other person also wants to get their way or something they want out of the equation, you're in a strategic situation. And game theory was a scientific theory originally developed for economics, but that has been applied to these kinds of situations all over, whether it's friends, parents, or, uh, or businesses, or even countries negotiating with one another. It's a theory that helps us to understand how people are going to behave and how we can design our interactions to be more productive. Right. It, it makes sense, obviously, at some level. I mean, where does, where does math come in here? Yeah, so the theory itself started out as a kind of mathematical theory. The idea was uh, people wanted to, or scientists wanted to try and find a way to replicate the success that science had in physics in the social science realm. So math has been really productive in helping us figure out how the planets move, where atoms are going to be. But the social science, the world of human beings, social science, has turned out to be really difficult to penetrate. But game theory is one of the few that has been pretty successful at trying to develop a kind of mathematical theory in order to help do it. The nice thing about, about game theory is you can do a lot of math to get conclusions out, and you can understand those conclusions without necessarily having to understand the math. And that's what Paul and I tried to do in our book. All right. Well, let's get Paul into the conversation. Paul Rayburn, uh, journalist, author of five books, including uh, this one that we're discussing here today. Paul, thanks for joining us. I just want to say I heard Kevin just talking, and I'm the one who actually did all the math. He helped me out. <laughs> That's all right. Okay, well, Paul, as I understand anytime, it, though. Anytime he gets on, gets on the air without me, he takes credit for the math. Oh, uh, he you does. I mean? <laughs> yeah. Paul, you, you're, you're the one uh, here who has kids, as I understand it, right? Between the two of you? I am. I am. What, what kind of got you interested in exploring this? Well, I've always been interested in game theory as uh, as an interesting idea. I didn't know much about it when we started. Um, but the notion that you can reduce human behavior and even animal behavior in some cases to something that, you know, follows rules of economics um, is an interesting one because, we you know, we think we're in control of our behavior and we do things for all kinds of rational reasons. 
But, you know, oftentimes we do things that have to do with, you know, power relationships and uh, economics and interesting things that seem rather bloodless and not something that we would be doing as human beings at all. I think to some people, when you apply this approach to parenting, it almost seems kind of unemotional or, or disconnected, right? That you're negotiating across a table with some uh, some third party, not, you know, your, your, your offspring who you love dearly. Well, a lot of people have raised that question for us. I think, you know, I try to think of it as, as being fair. Fairness, um, now, Kevin will tell you that there are, you know, be, being fair can mean many things depending upon the consequences. But we want to try to be fair with our kids. If we have more than one child, we want to try to treat them equally and give them the same, you know, sorts of uh, uh, either praise or punishment or whatever it is we're doing. And game theory is a way to organize your thinking a bit uh, to try to uh, not only be fair, but also when it works well to avoid conflict. And God knows we all want to avoid conflict with our children. Well, but kids aren't, you know, necessarily inherently evil beings, right? I mean, uh, <laughs> no, they're not. No. So, you know, I, no, I, they're, they're, you know, they're, they're economic actors, and right. you know, if they if they can uh, do one thing that costs them one unit and do something else that costs them two units, they'll they'll go for for the one unit because it's a better deal. So, just to, just as we'll you know take advantage of sales, uh, kids will take advantage of uh, situations in you know in good ways and and in bad ways too. Because, Kevin, when, when you talk about thinking strategically, do, does it mean understanding the motivation of, of who you're up against, shall we say? Absolutely. Absolutely. This is actually the lesson one of game theory is that, you know, whenever I'm teaching students or anyone how to do a game theory understanding of something, the first thing I say is you've got to understand who the people are that are involved in the interaction, what are their options, and what do they want out of it. And that's really important because uh, it's, it's important to understand what your kids are after because oftentimes you can figure out win-win situations. And actually, game theory can help a lot of times find win-win situations when you really understand what's motivating somebody. Because you can try and find how to achieve what it is they want in a way that also gets what you want. So rather than, you know, fighting with your kids in, in an attempt to get what you want over what they want or vice versa, oftentimes if you think carefully about what the options are and what people want, you can find options that are good for your kids and also good for you as parents. Right. And certainly, Paul, as you know, I mean, a lot of conflicts involving siblings and, and children is their own perception of what's fair. And part of that is is often kind of a self-centered, you know, what's good for them. But, you know, when kids feel as though they've been wronged or when something doesn't seem fair, my, my sister got something that I didn't get, uh, that, that can be a, a source of a lot of conflict. Well, we, you know, it's best, I think, to look at some of the examples. Kevin, did you talk about I Cut You Pick before I got on the line? No, no, we haven't done that yet. Okay, so... So this is a simple one that I think illustrates some of the uh, principles. So you have a piece of cake, you have two kids, you have a piece of cake, and they want to divide it evenly. How do you do that? Now, if you as the parent grab the knife and try to cut the cake, you know what's going to happen. Somebody's going to scream that the other one got the bigger piece. So the notion of the game theory principle of I cut, you pick, is that one of the kids cuts the cake in half and the other one picks the piece that he or she wants. So the person yeah. doing the cutting has every incentive to make it as even as possible. And this is something I used to do with my uh, sister when we were little kids, my younger sister, I should say. And um, so we, you know, but uh, unfortunately, as it turns out, I've managed to um, 
screw up the fairness in that in that idea by always having her doing the cutting. So she would do the cutting, and because nobody can ever get the pieces exactly the same size, I would always grab the bigger one. So, uh, you know, there are there are layers of these things, and it's kind of fun. But that's a very simple thing, and that actually works with kids. If you want to divide candy or cake or anything, you know, have one do the dividing and let the other one do the picking, and uh, nobody could say it was unfair. Yeah, I like that one. Let me get you guys to, to hold on the line here. We'll take a quick break, and we'll come back a few more minutes uh, with our guests, Paul Rayburn and Kevin Zolman. We're talking about strategic thinking when it comes to negotiating with your kids. Uh, the book is called The Game Theorist's Guide to Parenting, How the Science of Strategic Thinking Can Help You Deal with the Toughest Negotiators You Know, Your Kids. We're back with more right after this. All right. Well, does uh, strategic thinking have a place in uh, parenting, how you deal with your kids? We're speaking with uh, Kevin Zolman and uh, Paul Rayburn. They are co-authors of The Game Theorist's Guide to Parenting. Uh, Paul, let me ask you this, because I think a lot of parents might bristle at the notion that you would ever negotiate anything with your kids, that it's kind of, you know, <laughs> you tell them how it is and, and that's that. But what do we mean by negotiating? Well, um I think we, we're negotiating with our kids all the time. So we can either negotiate in the haphazard way that that sort of tumbles out when we're not really thinking about it, or we can think a little bit about some of the principles we talk about in the game theory book and try to organize it a little better. One of the stories that Kevin talks about is uh, he was not, uh, shall we say, not really careful about getting all his homework done uh, when he was younger. Is, is that in, in fact... In fact, he was very careful not to do any of it if he could help it. <laughs> um, and so Kevin wrote in the book as a result of that experience, you know, if you ask your kids um, whether they've done their homework, it's pretty easy for them to say yes, whether they've done it or not. And that's the end of the conversation. But the, the, the smarter principle is to ask a little bit more detail about, you know, what did you do in geometry? What did you do in English? What are you reading? You know, and, and probe the kids with more questions. And it gets increasingly difficult for them to try to come up with answers if they haven't done the homework. So, um, you know, as Kevin points out, the idea is if they, if they haven't done their homework and there's going to be some cost for that, um, then the cost has to be set in such a way that lying is just too much trouble and it's easier to do the homework. Have I, is, that, is that a fair digest of your experience, Kevin, more or less? Oh, yeah, that's, that's definitely true. And my parents did eventually <laughs> figure out how to get me to do my homework, but, uh, but it took a while. <laughs> well, okay, but I mean, this raises an interesting question because kids do lie. I mean, sometimes yeah. they, they lie to protect something, you know, or to hide something that they did, uh, to, to make themselves look better, all kinds of reasons why. But do, do, do we have an understanding as to what motivates kids to be dishonest? Oh, well, that, that's a complicated one because kids have all sorts of different motives, to be honest. I mean, probably the most common, the one that we've all are experienced, is they, they, they lie in order to try and get their way, whether that's to get out of getting in trouble or to get out of doing homework, as was my case when I was young, or to, uh, you know, get an extra piece of candy or something like that. They also lie for other reasons, of course. I mean, uh, sometimes uh, some kids, of course, will have, you know, habitual problems with habitual lying, although I think that that's more rare. Um, but sometimes it's also because they're afraid or they think that they're going to get in trouble even when they don't. So one of the things that you can do in order to discourage kids from lying, as Paul mentioned, is to raise the cost of lying, to find ways to convince your kids that it's not in their interest. Another way is to is the kind of inverse of this, which is to lower the cost of, of 
telling the truth, so to speak. In the book, we tell a story of, you know, a mom who comes home to find a vase broken, and she's afraid that maybe someone has broken into the house. The kid is saying, oh, I didn't break the vase, I didn't break the vase. The mom can actually help the kid be honest by saying, look, you're not going to get in trouble. I just want to know whether there's an intruder. And so by convincing kids also that the, the, what they think is the bad consequence from telling the truth might not be as bad as they think is another way that we can encourage kids in the moment to be to to be honest. Right. And there, there's an interesting concept you explore as well, Paul, when, when you talk about consequences, uh, the non-credible versus the credible threats. Do, do parents overplay their hand and are kids good at calling parents bluffs? Well, yes, all of the above. <laughs> um, you know, the one of the examples we use is the family's heading off on a uh, uh, on a summer vacation off to the beach. Uh, if you're starting to picture Chevy Chase and National Lampoon, you're on the right track. Um, and they take off, and there's all kinds of nonsense from the kids in the back seat. And the father who's driving turns around, hopefully doesn't drive off the road, and says, if you don't stop it, we're turning right around and there's no vacation. Now, the children know there is not any chance at all that he will ever turn around because he's desperate for a vacation. <laughs> so that costs them exactly nothing. They can go ahead and whack one another over the head or whatever it is they're doing, and there's no cost. You know, if the situation is, let's say, the kids want to go to a ball game and dad really doesn't want to go but is tolerating it and taking them, um, and then they fool around, he says, if there's, I hear one more word out of you, we're not going to your game. Yeah. Well, the kids know he means business because he doesn't really <laughs> want to go to the game anyway. That's right. So, um, so in, in those kinds of ways, parents and kids telegraph, you know, what they really mean and what they need. And and the problem, of course, is parents all discover without any game theory is that if you're inconsistent in your threats and consequences, you've you've lost everything. Mm-hmm. <laughs> well, and there's also you know the side of. Uh, natural consequences, those that don't necessarily come from parents, but I guess the importance of parents of not getting in the way of that, that sometimes kids need to learn things the hard way. Yeah, Yeah, absolutely. I think that's fair to say. You go ahead, Kevin. Yeah, absolutely. I was just going to say, this is actually one of the things that I think is super powerful about game theory, is that game theory sort of shows you how two really seemingly different things are really an example of the same thing. So in the book, we connect together bank bailouts and and consequences for your kids. And this, these are both unified in game theory with a concept called moral hazard. And the idea is that with banks, if the government always goes and bails banks out every time they get into trouble, the banks know that they can take risks and the government's just going to bail them out. And this was on everyone's tongue during the last economic uh, crisis when the banks were bailed out by governments around the world. And right, they were, exactly, some of them were described as, as- too, as too big to fail, right? That was part of the justification. Exactly, exactly. They're too big to fail. And the problem is parents can sometimes treat their kids as too precious to fail, so <laughs> to speak. Um, and, and <laughs> if, you know, parents are constantly intervening and, and bailing their kids out of trouble all the time, the kids never learn that their actions have consequences. And this is an idea that, that applies from parents and kids all the way up to governments and banks. And it's the same, the same idea. Well, yeah, it's interesting to think of it that way, <laughs> to equate our, our kids in banks, right? I mean, it's it's yeah. kind of an, a bit of an abstract parallel, but yeah, you're right. I mean, we, we do intervene in that sense. We do kind of almost, you know, bubble wrap our kids, as they say these days. And, that, yeah, and I, that's I, I've often found as a parent that I, I need to consult with the Federal Reserve Board to make some decisions about parenting. <laughs> it's uh, been most helpful. <laughs> <laughs> 
<laughs> well, it's quite fascinating. Again, the book's called uh, The Game Theorist Guide to Parenting. Uh, Kevin Zolman, Paul Rayburn, thanks so much for joining us here today. Really appreciate it. Sure. Can you give me some tickets for the Stampede, by the way? I'll, I'll look into that. <laughs> Those are a hot commodity. Thanks, guys. All right, thank you. Good to talk to you. All right, you bet. There you go. Paul Rayburn, uh, he's a journalist, the author of five books, including uh, this one most recently, paulrayburn.com, and Kevin Zolman. KevinZolman.com, he's an associate professor in the Department of Philosophy at Carnegie Mellon University. So kind of an interesting pairing uh, here where you've got uh, the uh, university academic who doesn't have any children of his own, uh, and then you got the journalist who does have kids of his own, and they kind of come together to put this this book together. So it's an interesting uh, way to approach uh, the question of, of dealing with your kids. Again, it's called The Game Theorist Guide to Parenting. My name is Rob Breckenridge. We are back with more right after this. Afternoons with Rob Breckenridge, starting at 1230 on News Talk 770 Calgary.